Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to jump back in God's word with you this morning as we've been just on this journey with this guy named David. And David is, uh, he's gone through a lot in, in, in his time with us at Walk Church, right? We continue to learn from this guy who, who had it all and lost it all. And, and um, I, I feel like if there's anybody in the Bible that we can learn from when it comes to the subject of identity, and identity is really just about who you are and embracing who you are and living how you've been created to live. Identity. Maybe you've heard it put before that apple trees don't produce oranges. Well, it's because it's an apple tree. That's its identity. And if we can be secure in our identity in Christ, that will change the way we see things. That will change the way we live. That will change the way we operate. And I learned from David in, in his story, in his timeline, he was a brother that struggled with identity. We're going to learn more about that here today. But we've been walking through all these different identity thieves that we've seen. So far, we've seen the identity thief of fear. As fear tempted King Saul to disobey God and listen to the voice of man, as, as fear crept into David's life and caused him to, to go crazy, to be honest, right? We saw that last week as he started drooling all over his beard and writing and clawing on the wall. That was motivated out of fear. We saw the identity theft of comparison, trying to be like somebody else. We saw the identity theft of lying. How lying never prospers. We, we saw the identity theft of having the wrong perspective. The perspective of a loser as opposed to a winner. When God calls us to be on his team, we are automatically on the winning team. See, we see all these different thieves that try to creep into our lives and hinder our true identity in him. We're going to enter into uh, continuing into David's story today, and we're going to see some new identity thieves that I believe could be even shocking to us, but I hope challenging to us, and that will lead us into the next step of the journey. This would not be a, a message that I would call necessarily a feel-good message, um, but I, I feel like we're going to go in the weight room this morning, and we're going to get stronger. You know, sometimes, you know, before you get stronger, you got to tear the muscles, and th this, me this message is going to be the protein shake today, all right? Sometimes the protein shakes don't taste that good, but they're good for us. I'm going to get off this muscle protein thing, all right? Um, Mark, the workout trainer, is like, yeah, just, it's not working for you today, man. Um, look with me at 2 Samuel chapter 11, and, uh, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. Let me just catch you up before we read these verses. Um, just to know where we came from and, and where we're at this morning. You can go back to that head screen because I don't want y'all to read ahead. Y'all trying to read ahead while I'm, you know what I'm saying? Just wait for it. Wait for it. But, but a lot has happened. It's, it's, we, we, we left off on 1 Samuel chapter 21 last week. And now we're jumping ahead to 2 Samuel chapter 11. We're still reading about the same David. If you want to go ahead and catch up and read those chapters for yourself, I encourage you to do that. But we're going to just go ahead and, and jump ahead. And what happens from here, right, is David, he has this identity thief problem. David was at war amongst the Philistines for so long, and yet he got, he got scared because King Saul was running after him, trying to kill him. The text says that David even joined the Philistine army. What an what a, uh, identity theft he had, right? He was just trying to find where he could fit in at. And at the end of 1 Samuel, you'll see in that last chapter, Saul gets to a place where 
he gets to a moment where he's just outnumbered. And you know, the Bible is messy sometimes. Had y'all noticed that? And I just want to say that because life is messy. I've yet to meet anybody in our church and in our city and in this world that doesn't have some type of mess in their life, including myself, right? And, and, and I want us to be able to be okay with that because I don't want you to think that the Bible doesn't record that stuff too. And you see King Saul come to the end of his life and he says, man, there's way too many Philistine army guys. They're still mad about Goliath. I don't know where David is and I don't got enough troops behind me. And you know what Saul says? He looks to his partner, his armor bearer, and he says, I need you to kill me. And Saul's armor bearer is like, yo, I'm supposed to protect you. I can't kill you, man. And he looks around and he says, can somebody just, I'm at my, I'm at, this is it. I won't let, I don't want them to kill me. And Saul takes his own sword and lays on it. And Saul's armor bearer looks and he's in shock and he lays on his sword. And we have this weird moment there where everybody's freaking out. Like, what is going on? And later you see a man, he busts into the room where David is, and he's got torn clothes, and this is how I imagine him, all right? He's out of breath, his hair's all crazy, he's like, yo, David, I got, a, I got terrible news. And David's like, bro, what happened? And he's like, I just came from the battle. King Saul is dead. And he's like, how do you know Saul's dead? He's been chasing after me all this time. How do you know he's dead? And he goes, because I was there. And I saw him, and he wasn't dead yet. He was on his last breath. And he, and, he, and, he, and he called to me, and he said, hey, you, come over here. And he's like, King Saul, man, you're laying on a sword. What do you want from me? And he goes, I need you to help me because I don't, they're going to attack me, and they're going to kill I just don't want to be known as someone who was killed by the Philistines. He has so much pride. And this all happened because of the identity thief of being uh, uh, upset, having a jealous eye at David. And so he tells this guy, this, this man who just happened to be passing by, can you take me out? And so this guy tells David, he says, because I wanted to honor the king, I killed him. And now David says, you killed the king. And this guy's like, no, no, he told me to do it. And so David, just not knowing what to do in his process, has this man killed. There's just a lot of mess in the Bible. I read all that and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then I turn on the news and I say, we're not far from it. <laughs> like, like, don't divorce this book from real life. It's, it's, it's happening today. And so David, now that the king is dead, King Saul, the, the, the first anointed king from God. Remember, God, 16 years before this time, had promised. If you go back to the, to the second sermon in the identity theft series, this is now week eight. But if you go back to week two on walkchurch.com, you can see it. You'll see God say, hey, one day I'm going to anoint you, David, as king. And he didn't know when it was going to happen, but all this was preparing him for this moment. And now Saul has passed away, and David is now made king. And David is now the king of Israel. He was once the commander-in-chief of the armies, but now he's the whole king of the army. He's the king of the land. And we pick it up here in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. If you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. All right, let's eat. Verse 1, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Reba. 
But David remained at Jerusalem, verse 2. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, verse 3. David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Uh, I, I want to talk to you today about a few different identity thieves that we're going to see in these verses. And we're just going to walk through these five verses one verse at a time and hopefully we'll see some thieves that creep out that we can take and their principles we can apply them to our own lives and we can say hey how can I get better from David's downfall can we do that this morning are you guys up for that I'm up for it so let's look at verse 1 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1 it says in the spring of the year the time when kings go out to battle David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged David but David remained at Jerusalem I want to highlight that part, but David remained at Jerusalem. Here's why this is important for us to understand this morning, church. See, it was the spring of the year. This was the time when the kings go out to battle. Thank you, the author of 2 Samuel, for helping us understand the time and the season. David is the king of Jerusalem. He's the king of Israel. Therefore, for him to remain is him not being obedient to the calling that's on his life. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, why is David not going out? Can we just hone in on that for a second? The first identity theft that I want to talk about today is the, the, the identity theft of idleness. The sin of idleness. I want to give you a definition for this word, idleness. From dictionary.com defines this word as this. The quality, state, or condition of being lazy, inactive, or idle. Right? David is the king of Israel. If anybody's supposed to go to battle, if anybody's supposed to lead the team in war, it's him. It's the head coach on the championship day saying, hey, I'm not going to coach. I'm just going to stay home. Where are you at, coach? Where are you at, king? Where are you at, David? But David remained in Israel. The first thief that had in his life was idleness. Idleness, and I don't want to just move past idleness because it's something that I think our culture deals with. Let's look at it, look at, let's look at it a little bit differently in verse 2. It says, it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch, was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. I want to talk about these few phrases here. It happened late one afternoon. So it's now late in the afternoon, okay? David arose from his couch. This is the ESV translation. I usually preach and read from the ESV, the English Standard Version of the Bible, but I, 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 I look, look at and listen and read from all types of different translations. Some are paraphrased translations that I use more as commentary, but main literal word-for-word -word translations are what I read from and preach from and that I would encourage as well. In the NASB, it says it like this. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around the roof of the king's house. Here's what I want to talk about right here. I want to highlight these phrase, this phrase when evening came. What are you doing sleeping all day, David? Like, you don't arise from your bed when evening came. Like, that's when you maybe go to bed. 
Now, when evening came, David arose from his bed. What's this brother been doing? <laughs> like, he's been walking around the king's palace, eating ice cream, watching Netflix, <laughs> high-fiving people, you know. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> it's evening time. Everybody else is out for battle. Everybody else is doing my job for me. Let me go see what's going on outside. What are you doing, man? It's the thief of idleness. Wasting time. Just taking days off to take days off. And it's during this time that this happened. I read this morning that Goliath was not David's biggest enemy. Bathsheba was David's biggest enemy. And because of idleness, David walks around on the king's house. He's checking out on the roof. I'm just looking at the sunset. It's Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for my land and then all of a sudden he locks in on a female named Bathsheba who was of course taking a bath now I don't think that's why that's her name um, it just is a coincidence all right so don't 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 you don't need to come up to me afterwards and say pastor I got a quick question you, you can if you want but I, that's my answer I don't no, no one knows why that's her name that's just her name and the woman was very beautiful in appearance she was taking a bath um, she was cleansing herself, and David notices from a distance, he goes, man, that girl right there, mind you, David is married, right? Mind you, David has a whole past of his own of sin and, and struggle and lust and pride and all these different things that he's walked through, and now he's king, and he's, he should be out for battle. It's the season where he's supposed to lead, Yet he's home sleeping, and he notices this right here. It's the sin of idleness. We're going to continue reading, but first I want to give you just a couple scriptures. One from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. If you don't read the Proverbs daily, you should. Therefore, read Proverbs 19 today. You guys know why? Because it's the 19th. So tomorrow, which proverb are you going to read? 20. You guys, so strong, so smart. I'm going to read Proverbs 20 tomorrow because I need to hear wisdom from the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. The recipe for destruction and for poverty and for falling into sin, I would say, is this thief of idleness. I'm going to let everybody else do it. You know what? I'm going to sleep in a little bit longer. I'm not going to take a step. And it becomes a poor excuse for being responsible. And not only does it become a poor excuse for being responsible, what it does is it opens up uh, traps for the enemy to cause us to sin. Let me give you another verse of scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. The apostle Paul writes this to the Ephesian church. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Here's one of the things I want you to consider. As we get ready to go into chapter, to, to 2018, ask yourself this, am I making the best use of my time? With the 24 hours that God gave me, am I, am I time blocking it to the point where I'm making the best use of every moment? Or am I just, am, am I falling into the thief of idleness? God calls us to walk wise, not as 
unwise. Paul says this, Ephesian church, and we can read it today as walk church. Look carefully how you walk. Sometimes you got to actually look carefully and say, you know what? How am I walking? You know one of the best ways to do that? Get somebody closest to you that loves you but is not impressed with you and say, how am, how am I walking? Don't ask yes men. You say, hey, how am I doing? You're doing great. How do I look? You look great. Dang, <laughs> you know, like, let me ask the question. Uh, but, but get some person that says, well, you, you, you really want me to tell you? You probably need to look carefully how you walk in this specific area because you're not making the best use of your time. Uh, husbands and wives, ask your spouse to say, hey, am I making the best use of my time? And now make sure you do that like around the, like a date night or something. Like don't, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to prepare for that, that question, okay? Because if you're going to dish it out, you got to be ready to, to receive it too, okay? And, and be able to ask yourselves those questions to, to those who are closest to you that actually know your walk and say, I don't want to end up like David. I don't want to just be so casual. I, I don't want everybody else to be grinding and me just to be sleeping. If you got a big dream and you got a small grind, your dream will never be realized. Your grind has to be congruent with your calling, your, your, your dream. If you have a whole lot of passion and you want to see something happen, yet you never take a step. If you want to be a, a great basketball player, but you never work out. If you, want to be, if you want to grow in your Bible knowledge and you never read. If you want to get closer to God, but you never pray. If you want to have community, but you never come to group. It doesn't make sense. You'll end up like David. And you'll say, man, how come this happened to me? What happened? Where did I go wrong? I think some people could say, you know what, I, I went wrong because I didn't make the best use of my time. And we see that happen in David's life. Let me give you one more verse of scripture just to challenge you from the disciple Peter. And Peter learned this as well because he was a fisherman and he probably needed to grow in these areas as well. Not probably, he did. And so Peter writes to the church, he says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know who the enemy is going to devour? The person who's wasting time. The person who's not alert. The person who's not sober-minded. And so, hey, I'm, I'm not the biggest stickler, you know, on, hey, is it, is it a sin to drink alcohol or whatnot? The Bible is very clear that drunkenness is a sin. Alcohol is not a sin. Men in the Bible drink alcohol. But don't get away from these verses, all right? The key is being sober-minded so you can be alert, so you can be locked in, so you can be focused, so that the enemy can't pick you out and say, that person is weak right now. I can go for it. I can, I can switch their mind up. I, I, I want to go attack that person, the person who's just roaming around on the roof, the person that's been sleeping all day. Now, I know that everybody's got different work schedules, all right? And I get that, and some people need to sleep during the day. But whatever it is that you do, Open up the word, get some wise counsel around you and say, hey, am I making the best use of my time? God, am I? Or, or can I structure it better? Continually in my life, I ask that question. And sometimes you need to wake up a little bit earlier. Sometimes you need to say no to certain things to say yes to other things. One of the things that I've been doing is around lunchtime, I've been saying, you know what, Before, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to eat my lunch but, you know, before that, I'm going to read the proverb of the day. And it's just a trigger for me because sometimes we forget, right? We Like that video, we get so busy. We're like, dang, the whole day's passed. I didn't get to read my word. 
But I have this trigger in my head that before I eat, you know what, I'm going to eat from God's word. I'm just going to read the proverb. It usually takes me about four to five minutes. I read that, think about it, and it speaks to me for that moment. That just happens to work for me. It might not work for you. I understand that. But whatever it is that works for you, do something. Be alert. What does the word alert mean to you? I don't know, but I just, it like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm alert, right? Don't be, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Be alert. Sober. The, the enemy is roaring, roaring like a lion, wanting to devour your life. That's what happened to David. That's what happened to David here. Let me give you the second identity thief. All right? Can we keep going? The second identity thief we see here is pridefulness. So now you see the sin and the thief of idleness. I don't need to go. They can go for me. I'm just going to hang back. The second identity thief we see here is pridefulness. Let's continue to read these texts. Let's look at verse 2 all the way through 5. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch, was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Verse 3, David sent and inquired about the woman. David shouldn't be inquiring about the woman. He's a married man. He doesn't need to do that. It's, it's off limits. Um, but what happens next is even more alarming. Somebody says in the background, <clears throat> Hey, David, I know you're inquiring about her. That's Bathsheba. Uh, first off, that's the daughter of Eliam. You know him. Like, you know that's his daughter. Like, probably... Probably should cut the conversation off here. But, you know, also, that's the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, one of your army troops. Like, that's Uriah's wife. Like, I think this guy's trying to tell him, like, hey, bad question. <laughs> off limits. Like, you know, isn't, isn't that Bathsheba? Ding, ding. Like, isn't that Uriah's wife? You know that, right, David? Like, hello. And David's response, right? Like, David's response is supposed to be like, oh, yeah, right, cool, cool. I hope she's doing well. All right, good night. That's supposed to be the response. That, that would be a humble response. That would be a right response. Let's look at David's response. So David says, oh, got you. Go get her. It's a wicked dude right here. And this wicked dude will be you if you don't take these thieves seriously. So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he lay with her. Then she returned to her house. This is a bad episode of Maury or Jerry Springer. <laughs> the woman conceived and she sent and told David, <laughs> I am pregnant. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine this? Like, like. And David, you are the father, you know, like, right? Like, and King David's like, no, man, no, not me, right? Like, this is pridefulness. Pridefulness at its finest. David says, yeah, like, listen, listen to the people around you. Like, let me just say something, church. God will place people in your life. God will do it. it they don't even have to be Christian. God, God, God fed Elijah by ravens. The ravens didn't go to church, that's okay, but God still used the ravens to provide for his people, right? God will use somebody sometime to come alongside you and say, hey, probably leave her alone, or don't do that, or don't go there, or don't do those different things, or stay away from there, or you should do that. Listen to that wise counsel. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful and say, you know what, I'm going to go get her anyway. 
I'm going to go do that anyway. This is David's downfall. Let me give you a few verses on the subject of pride, just to keep close to us and so you know that I'm not lying. Proverbs 16, 18 says it like this. It's a good memory verse if you get a chance to memorize it. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. So here's what I want you to do. Find a destructive moment in life. Destruction is happening. Go unlayer that back one like as if it's an onion. Take one layer off and you know what you'll find? Pride. Destruction happens, but something went before destruction. Destruction didn't just happen. Destruction happened because prideful, the thief, the identity thief of pride crept in. If David was secure in his identity as a man of God, the king chosen by God, as a married man, he would not need to go hinder his identity by calling another man's wife to come lay with him. Yet, we see him fall. David was a man that, that was known for his integrity. David was a man that was known for standing up for the things of God. I tell you this because we can, tempt, we can sometimes think, you know what, like that would never happen to me. David said it like this in Psalm 26. The, the book of Psalms is, is like David's journal. And David is journaling different things that he's walking through in life. David once said this. He once said, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. And I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. David once said, I don't waver. Other people waver. You ever met somebody that's wavering in their faith? Maybe you have. Prove me, O Lord. Try me. David said, David said, test me, test my heart and my mind for your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. David was once the model for faithfulness. You want to be a man of God? Look at David. He killed Goliath. He led, he led the army. He was very passionate about building the temple. All his life, he just wanted to build the temple of God. He just wanted to glorify God. He was strict on integrity. He was strict on faithfulness. He would say things like, test me, God. Make sure that I'm walking in holiness and purity. And now we see him. What happened? Does anybody feel me on that? Are you not bothered by that? Does it not anger you that David is not going to battle and he's here on the rooftop and he's, where's, the, and where's this guy? Don't go away from these things. 2018, get better than you were in 2017. Take a step in the right direction. David takes a step backwards. C.S. Lewis says it like this. The great philosopher and scholar says, pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even, say it with me, common sense. David, go home. Go to war. It's the season for battles. God set up your season of life so you don't fall into sin. Do it. Here, here, here's where David, David lies. Let's keep on reading. Verse 6, it says, so David sent word to Joab. He gets word, right? He opens the envelope. David, you're the father. So David is now, now scrambling like, where, where's Joab, the priest? Like, Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Verse 7. When Uriah came to him, 
David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. And then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house and there followed him a present from the king. Verse 9, but Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? You know what David's doing here? Do you guys see it? David's like, hey, look, your wife's pregnant, but you don't know it. Um, so you go home. Like, he calls him back from the battle. <laughs> hey, Uriah, how's it going, man? How's the battle going? Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, nice. Um, how's it, everything good? Things good? We got a gift for you. You've done a great job. Go home, man. Go home. And he's like, Uriah's a man of God. Uriah says, hey, bro, I'm not going to leave the king's house. Uriah says, I'm going to protect you, David. David, Uriah says, I'll die for you, David. I'm not going home. It's battle season. I got to make the best use of my time. David's like, no, why, why didn't you go to your house last night? David's checking up. Did he go home or not? Did you see him? We didn't, he didn't go home. He stayed in, he stayed in front of your house. David said, you know, Uriah said to David, the ark in Israel and Judah dwell in booths. My Lord Jacob and the servants of my Lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Basically saying, I'm not taking off just to take off. I'm not, this isn't the time for me to go eat and drink and be at home. This is, I'm, I'm in season right now. I'm protecting the land. Then David said to Uriah, remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next, and David invited him, and he ate in his presence and drank. This is bad stuff, amen? Good, nice, getting worse. So that he made him drunk. David's like, all right, I'm going to make him drunk, then for sure he'll go home. Did I tell you all the Bible was messy? David's like, all right, so you're not going to go home because you're too faithful. And because you're a good soldier and you're doing everything that we told you to do. So how about you hang out with me tonight? I'm going to get you really drunk and then you'll go home. Okay. So he ate in his presence and drank so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. So Uriah's like, hey, I'm just going to hang here with the buddies. We're all just going to just go to sleep on the couch. David's like, man, this ain't working. This is all bad. Mind you, think about what's going on in David's heart. Look at these identity thieves. He didn't go down to his house. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. That's all the more bad. He's like, hey, Uriah, can you take this letter to Joab? Just don't open it. Here's what's in the letter. In the letter, David wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. Verse 16, and as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant, valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the servants of David among all the people, among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Let me give you the third identity thief. Cowardness. Cowardness. That's, what's, that's the thief that we see here in David's life. He's acting very cowardly. Let me give you the definition for this word cowardice. Lack of courage to face danger. Difficulty opposition, pain. David, 
He has a lack of courage to face what he already started. David is just continuing the snowball effect, his sin. Right? So not only was he sinful in his slothfulness and his idleness, he was sinful in his pridefulness because he didn't want to own it. Instead, what he wanted to do was have somebody else cover it up for him, specifically Uriah the Hittite. And because Uriah was standing firm in his faithfulness, he made sure Uriah would be killed. I mean, he, he, he plotted this. He set this murder up. Like David said, let's make sure that Uriah's in the front and when all the armies come out, everybody draw back and leave Uriah there to be killed. This was David's plan. Lack of courage to face danger. David was supposed to be leading here. He's not leading. He's fallen into the traps of the identity thieves. Let's keep reading and we'll get ready to close it up from here. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 26 through 27. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done, praise God, displeased the Lord. Let me give you the, the fourth identity thief. Stubbornness. Stubbornness. The reason why I say that, that this was just a pure act of stubbornness is because if you look back at verse 26 and 27, it says that, said that, um, that, that she gave birth. That, that she gave birth to, to this baby. And I'm just thinking right here that that David waited all, like how long does it take to have a baby? We're getting ready to have a baby. It's about nine to 10 months, amen? Right? So that means that David waited for nine to 10 months and never told a single person about this sin. Let me give you the definition for stubbornness. Dodge a determination not to change one's attitude or position on something. Like you would think within the 10 months that this godly man would come to his senses and say, I really messed up bad. Yeah, this is really bad. This is really, 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 really bad. But like all 10 months have passed. David's walking around. I'm the king. Here's my wife, Bathsheba. I know it's so terrible what happened to Uriah. I can't believe it. I'm going to, you know. This is bad. And it's the thief of stubbornness. I want to give you a verse of scripture that has been challenging me out of Hebrews chapter 3. It says this. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I'll tell you what, encouragement's a big deal. Encouraging one another could actually keep somebody from being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you see how, how David was deceived by sin? How his heart became hard? Verse 14, we have come to share in Christ if we indeed Hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Verse 15. And as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. He's saying, church, today if you hear God speaking to you, maybe you've been struggling with stubbornness. Or maybe you've been struggling with pridefulness. Or maybe you've been struggling with idleness. Not making the best use of your time, laziness. Maybe you've been struggling with these different thieves 
and you've heard God speak to you today through his word, here's what he's saying. Don't harden your heart. Don't, don't block your heart from God speaking. Open your heart up. The only way for you to get free, the only way for you to experience healing and freedom is for you to say, all right, God, I need you to change me. I got nothing left to give. On my own strength, I've messed it up time and time again. We're gonna get ready to close here, but I got a homework assignment for you, all right? I want, you, I want this to be your homework assignment. Psalm chapter 51. We don't have time to read it this morning. We could maybe open it next week. That's some good, good encouragement to come next week, amen? I want you to come back. Psalm 51 is David's prayer of repentance. This is David getting on his knees and he prays a prayer. And I'll just give you a little sneak peek that led into David's prayer. Um, he says this, he says, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He says, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. To, get, to fast forward what happens in the life of David, what happens is David is, he's, you, you can read this in 2 Samuel chapter 12 if you wanna read it later. It'll be a good moment for you to read it. So David's now here with his wife, right? He's hanging out. He's with Bathsheba, and they had a little baby boy. And a man by the name of Nathan, he was the prophet sent by God to the people of Israel. And, da and David shows up one day, and Nathan's there. And Nathan, the prophet, goes, hey, David, I want to share something with you. And David's like, hey, my favorite prophet in the land, what you got for me? Give me a good word from God. And Nathan gives David this parable. And to, to make a, a, a parable shortened, a paraphrase of it, he says, David, I want you to imagine this story with me. Picture this woman who has some sheep, and she's taking care of her sheep, and these sheep are hers, and, and she loves these sheep, and this is all she's got. And then someday, a guy creeps in, and he steals the sheep. What do you think would happen to that guy, David? And David puts his foot down. I would have that man killed. And Nathan says, you're that man. You're that man. And David, for a moment, takes a step back. And he goes into a hiding place. And he writes, God created me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. David was a man, he's one of the few men in the Old Testament that, that mentioned that they possessed the Holy Spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Because if I have joy in my salvation again, I won't go back to Bathsheba. If I have joy in my identity in Christ, I won't turn to sin. If I can just be content in my identity and I have a willing spirit, God uphold me with that and I won't turn back. Create that clean heart in me, says David. Renew that spirit. Don't take your spirit. You know what David says, church? He says, take my car, take my house, take my shoes, take, my, take it all. Just take my debit card, take it all. Just whatever you do, God, don't take your spirit from me. I can get it all back. Just don't take your spirit from me. Change me, God. Create that in me.